Welcome to the Key Flow Podcast, the show where horse owners and riders can discover the latest trends, gain expert advice, and learn secrets from some of the best riders in the world. Here's your host, Frankie Reed Warrilo. Joining me on today's podcast, I'm really lucky to have Lizzle Winter, who is, of course, a renowned trainer. Lizzle, how are you getting on today? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, very well, the sun's shining, so very happy. That's a change, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Of course, Lizzle, I sort of first got to know you properly uh, through the Mark Todd Bridging the Gap series, which you've been a really key player with, um, along with Jill Watson. And how do you think the Mark Todd Bridging the Gap series is going at the moment? I think um, we're really pleased with the programme. It's going from strength to strength. It's great to have Mark's input and Mark's enthusiasm and also the key flow products behind it and it's great to see riders really progressing you know you yourself are our first scholar and actually to see you doing so well going so well in some your and, and looking forwards you know to greater things in the next couple of years it's really exciting and um, Tim Cheffings this year's scholar won the two star at Belton a few weeks ago and again is looking like um, really securing his future so it, it's it's really exciting and also all the other riders that we support behind it yeah, and I think that's another one of the, the important things is, is not just about the people who win the series, but so many riders benefit from the training throughout the year. Yeah. I, I mean, Holly Bradshaw's a prime example. Yeah, there, there's a few of them now, you know, going to Blenheim or aiming for Blenheim this time, and um, putting good strings of horses together and also forming a nucleus of, of support within themselves so that they've, they've sort of formed friendships that when they go to events, that they're now support each other as well as the programme supporting them and we've got three or four riders sorry travelling on on through you know that we're seeing the same riders it's not just one-off thing we've got riders now we're working with for the third year so we've really got to know them and, and can help them and mentor them as much as anything else. And obviously what you were saying there about building friendships and having a support group, not just with other riders but with trainers you know yourself and Jill, um, the whole point of the Mark Todd Bridging the Gap series originally was to bridge the gap between young riders and seniors for those riders who aren't necessarily on the world class program and I think me myself I found that having come out of the youth teams and not being on world class at that point in my career or, or now actually <laughs> um, you do suddenly feel a little bit out in the open and on your own so both you and Jill have done an amazing job at supporting the future of eventing through this series. Well, that's really, it's really kind, and it's you know we're both very enthusiastic and and really pleased to see see it keep progressing. Like what you hear? Then you'll love Keyflow's new Equimail service. Nutrition tips, advice, and insights from equestrian royalty such as John Whitaker, MBE, and Sir Mark Todd. Sign up for free at keyflowfeeds.com slash equimail. And so one of the reasons I wanted to get you on today um, was to talk about warming horses up and warming riders up. And, you know, we touched on March Up Bridging the Gap. And as we know, that's just one of your eggs in your basket that you sort of look after. And you are um, primarily a trainer and a coach. Um and so I'd really like to pick your brains a little bit on what you think the best plan is for riders when they get to competitions to warm up for the three phases. So maybe um, if we start with the dressage, if you have um, 
you know, I find that lots of people don't really have a plan. So what would be your first tip to, to people going to competition? Uh, well, I think I think whether you're warming up, whatever phase you're warming up for, it, it is, as you've said, it is to have a plan and be prepared. Because when you get to the competition, you're not schooling, you are preparing to present yourself and your horse to the best of your ability at a moment in time, if you like. So it's in the build-up, it's working with a trainer, knowing knowing your horse and knowing... Um, a system and a routine so particularly with the dressage it's, it's really knowing your own horse not being led by other people so some horses need a lot longer quieter calmer working in other horses benefit from doing work early and being put away and then coming out for a short burst and it's it's having all those things in place so if you're building to a big competition it's perhaps experimenting with different types of warm-up in the run-up so that when you arrive at your your goal if you like for the year you're fairly confident you're feeling confident within yourself that what you're going to do is going to give you the best possibility to present your horse to his best in those five minutes and you know at the moment I find it difficult for anyone to be talking about eventing without talking about Michael Young Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things that really struck me at badminton in his press conferences and his interviews was how he was saying how concentrated uh, La Biosthetique Sam was and how focused he was. And I think particularly with the dressage, it's the first phase of the day. You see lots of people going into the warm up and not being focused. And do you think that that's a really key part of the warm up? Uh, yes, it should. Dressage is training, and preparing your horse is about training your horse. If you have, if so, it's securing the foundations at home. If the foundations are not secure at home, then when you go to a, a more difficult environment, a more excited environment, and you as a rider are slightly more on edge, then those foundations, if they're not there to support you, then things start to cracks, bigger cracks appear. So it's having the warm up is really a conti- it's an example of your training, if you like. So it's it's the warm up doesn't start on the day of the competition. The warm up is is built up to as you go through the weeks. So if you're going to a big competition, your your structured work is is sort of building up all the way through that, even maybe ten days before, so that yeah. you're so that you've got a system that your horse, even when things are are going on around him, if he's truly securely connected, working to the contact, understands you, and you have a, a process that you go through the horse will then relax whereas if you get a bit agitated something's gone wrong you've you've arrived a bit late things aren't quite going to plan and you suddenly think oh I've got to just get tr- get trotting get cantering and you you miss out the the first part of your warm-up plan then that's when things start to come unsettled whereas if you've been very structured in your preparation even if things do go wrong you still adapt you know you you might have one plan that you work with when your horse is, is fairly relaxed and you might get there and he's suddenly spooking and he's a bit tight so you might have another plan, another sort of bunch of tools that you pull out of your toolbox if you like that, that settles him down so some horses you know, want to work long and low but actually it's a windy day you're on the side of a field and you can't work them long and low then rather than that unsettling you you've got to think okay well on this type of situation I'm going to do lots of transitions, lots of figures of eight because I know that settles him so you have different cards if you like that you can draw on to use in the different circumstances and you slot into that system the horse relaxes you relax you concentrate you shut out what's going on around you and it becomes just you and your horse and you focus on on what you're you're looking to develop ready for the test 
And then, as you said, you go into the arena and try and show the judges what you can do because that's what the dressage is really about. It's about a performance, isn't it, to the best of your ability? Yes, and it, it's just showing the horse that showing the the horse off and the partnership off. And I think you know, if if you're lucky enough to work with a trainer, that's great. You don't need a trainer there at the warm up. It it helps at a big competition. It helps, but the trainer's not there to train you at that point. He's really just yeah. there. Or she's just there to just guide and yes or no and really support. Yeah, absolutely. Want to see what all the fuss is about? Head over to keyflowfeeds.com and request a free sample of our premium feeds by clicking the link at the bottom of our product pages. Your horse will love it. And moving on to the um, show jumping. So as well as when you get on your horse and you go and jump your first few fences, you've obviously already either walked the course or you've had time to watch quite a few people and how would you say walking the course and knowing what what you've got to jump affects how people warm up? Do you think that you should always have the same sort of warm-up plan, irrelevant of what course has been built, or do you think you should try and adapt it to what you've got to jump in the arena? I think the same as the dressage. You have to know your horse and you have to know what works for your horse. Each horse is different, but then you're warming up. The, the questions, they might be set out in a different way, but basically you need a horse that's balanced, that's on the aids, that's adjustable. So yeah. that's what you're preparing in your warm-up. And I think the one thing with the show jump warm-up, it's easy to become pressured into doing something that you don't want to do. Yeah. Uh, because they're running early, they're running late, it's difficult to get to the fence. And I always say to people that you've got to be really clear what you're aiming to achieve in your warm-up and then stick to that. You know, don't get... If, if you normally jump... Um, a cross pole first but there's no cross pole there then stick to it if you normally jump an oxer first but the oxer's massive take your time put the oxer as you want so stick to your plan yeah and know your horse and I think part of it as well like you were saying earlier is about trusting your training that you've done at home yes yeah very so much. that you got feel to more confident yeah because yeah. when you're not schooling your horse there you're you're preparing him and presenting him yeah and I always say to people, and, and I think to myself as well, the warm-up for the show jumping um, it is just that. It is just a warm-up. It's stretching, it's testing testing the buttons, that everything works, and you're not going to change the way your horse jumps in, in the 20 minutes before you go into the show jumping arena. So no. you, you have got to... I always think there's that sense of you've got to try and be a little bit calm and, and relaxed and trust your training and what you've got you've kind of got so try and make sure like you said balance aids adjustability those are the three sort of key targets that you're going for in the show jump warm-up yes and not to be pressured you know some some horses need a bigger fence some horses need a wider fence some horses need an ascending fence and keep them confident and you have to know what you want to achieve and stick to it because it's, yeah. it's easy to get out there and think oh they're all jumping really big fence perhaps I should jump a bigger fence yeah. but actually that's not necessarily right for your horse. Yeah. Um, and then finally, the final phase of a one-day event and probably people's most you know, exciting and favourite phase because at the end of the day, the reason we all do it is for the cross-country. Otherwise, we'd be dressage and show jumpers. Yes. Um, and again, Chris Bartle has famously said in the past or, or why he's been so successful with the German team is because... It's been said that he tries to amalgamate all three phases and he treats them very much um, together rather than three separate phases. What do you think about that? 
really going back to what I said at the beginning, it's training. You know, yeah. it, it is all linked. You cannot separate them. You, you might be asking slightly different questions, but ultimately you need a horse that's balanced and on the aids and is confident in 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 the rider that the you know that the combination is confident and understand each each understands each other and that is training that is following the scales of training when you come to your cross country warm up it's you know you need to be able to ride a straight line you need to be able to ride a turn line turning line you need to be able to open and close the distance and yeah. you need to be able to react when you ride a dressage test you need to be able to open and close turn you know it's it's just a continuation of training and I suppose throughout the day at a competition, um, like you were just saying how they are connected in your dressage warm-up, you may have done some forwards and back and you may have done some turns or some leg yields. Um, and so when you get to your cross-country, you sort of already prepared those things throughout the day. Um, and I think that's something else people have to remember is that when you go to each phase, you're not particularly starting afresh. You've no. already done a bit of your warm-up. Yeah, absolutely. You're building on. You're building on. Think of the questions that are being asked. So I'm going cross-country. The horse has to be much more open. Um, yeah. He has, you know, he has to be up to the bridle. And then you think in the warm-up, again, I always work, when I work with people, I ask them, what is your plan in your warm-up? Tell me yeah. the process you go through for your cross-country warm-up. So again, they have a structure. You know, you jump a fence, um a nice straightforward fence to begin with out of a sort of medium balanced canter and then you are able to open it close it come off an angle to the left come off an angle to the right you know just think about the questions that you've got you're going to meet on the cross country and just check you've got all those tools really and that you finish off confident and that you finish off you let your horse catch his breath you don't run him ragged and waste all his energy in the warm-up and then shoot into the start box and off you go and effectively your five-minute cross-country becomes nearly a 12-minute cross-country. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think actually that's a very important point um, you've just mentioned about do your warm-up and then, you know, give them five minutes to breathe before you go out the start. Yes, you, you know, you're not wanting him to cool right down, but he needs to have his breath back and just settle and you need to just get your, your mind on the job that's to come and then, then off you go. And a little bit like you said about w- wanting to know what... Uh, what do you want to achieve in your warm-up? Um, I think it's the same going out the start box on the cross-country. You know, sometimes are you going out the start box in the lead? Do you want to go fast and clear or are you going for a schooling round? And and I think that's quite important to know before you go as well. Yeah, absolutely. When you, I mean, before you, if I walk a course cross-country, that's usually my first question. What's your aim of the day? I mean, yes, I know we all want to jump round and jump clear, but actually, what are you aiming for at this competition? What What would you like your outcome to be? You know, what? Where does it fit into your plan? Because mm. because each competition is is part of a jigsaw that's building to the next. Yeah, and I think. Um you know, it's, it is important uh, for riders coming up through the grades, whether you're starting off eventing at the 80 training or the 90s to, as you said, not every competition may you have the same goal. Um, the first one, you might just, just want to get round and give it a confidence round. And then the, the day that you're in the lead or in, in the rosettes, then you can go a little bit faster. And sometimes also I have I have done this in the past. I'm not sure if you think this is a good idea or not, but with younger horses who I feel may be good horses in the future, if they've had 
a good test or and then loads of rails show jumping or vice versa they blew up in the test today but then went good show jumping I anticipate that maybe the next time in the future I might be in a good position where I'm going to want to go fast so maybe it's a good time to try them at a faster speed when it when it doesn't matter when you've already had a bad dressage or a bad show jumping because you as a rider don't feel any pressure but you can test the buttons maybe try a slightly tighter angle or go the straighter route there because today if you have a 20 it doesn't matter because you're already out the rosettes anyway yeah it's it's about looking at the bigger picture yeah so that it's, you, you you fit all the jigsaw together and I mean, just listening to you talking about the three phases, I, I, I sort of have written down the, the main things that I've picked up from you. And, you know, firstly, um, and I think the key thing that you've repeated and said today is you've got to know what you want to achieve in your warm up and, and today at the competition. That seems to be key in number one. Yeah. Um, and then you've said about trusting your training and, you know, being at the competition, you're not training anymore. And I think that's a really important point. Uh, for people to take away from this and then you know finally balance aids adjustability and confidence at the end of the day everyone's going eventing because they want to enjoy it and they want to have fun and um you know if you're confident the horse should be too yeah yeah and it's a, it's a continuous journey that you sort of share together really yeah um lizzle thank you so much for talking to us today if people um want to come to you for training or ask any questions what's the best way to contact you um i'm very happy to chat on the phones uh so mobile or email, email which yeah. both both are available on the be website so not social media you're not a social oh, media yeah, person no, or facebook, <laughs> I am. facebook i use a lot the trouble yeah. is with with things like that is it's so instant that if i can't answer it instantly because I am quite busy, and yeah. I also forget. So, <laughs> whereas if it's in an email, it's there looking at me, and I then eventually will will answer. Um, it's a record. So, yes, so I do do Facebook. I don't do Twitter so much, but um, as I say, I am quite busy, and yeah. once the moment's passed, it's gone, and something else has taken its place. And I'm sure, like most trainers, um, you know, if people see you at a competition whilst you're walking the course or whatever, you're more than happy to give absolutely. them a bit of advice. Yes, absolutely. All of the trainers, all the BE coaches are there to support the BE members and people that are not BE members that are coming into the sport and trying it, and we're all happy to help. Yeah. So make sure if any of you see Lizzle at an event, feel free to go and speak to her, ask her advice or, you know, people in eventing are approachable and we're always happy to give a helping hand. And um, thank you so much for your tips today. I'm definitely going to put some of those into practice. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks, Lizzle. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to request a topic to explore, you can find us on Facebook by searching for Keyflow UK, on Twitter at Keyflow, or our favourite at Keyflow Feeds on our awesome Instagram account. See you next time.